Oh, this is Baba Booey. Come on, Baba Booey. Say it. Baba Booey. I, I know who Howard Stern is. I've seen the movie. Pig vomit and all. Every podcast is just a parody of a podcast. Every podcast, I think, is a parody. It is the er radio program in some ways. Uh, I would rather the, be a morning drive time program myself. <laughs> Boner and the butt man. What would we be called? Um, no, we'd be more tasteful. No, we'd just be... you'd be the short man for sure. No, no question be, about it. We, we're not fucking Boner and the butt man. No, it's, no, we're <laughs> it's Beanpole and the short man. I like that. Beanpole and the short man. That could and work. I'm the short man. Because we're family friendly, but we tell it like it is. And we have one of those vertical billboards on the side of a skyscraper, and it's both of us in suits. We're standing back to back. It's like twins, but I have my arm like on your head. Because <laughs> you're the short man. No, 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 no. Oh, no. How we, foolish of we me. Gotta, that's not how we're going to do it. I'll be on a comically large stack oh, of phone books. That's good. And I'll be the tall Phone one. books, that extinct media. Yep, because th- this was <laughs> 1986. Uh, 86. Back when, when I was still allowed to see racist. my son. Oh. Yeah, sir. <laughs> the thing you said. Not unrelated. <laughs> Uh, please, uh, Deborah, he's my son too. I have every right to see him. Uh, answer my phone calls. Oh, man. I miss him so much. So, uh, Laura Dern's not been up to anything lately. I think she's busy filming Jurassic Park 3 2. I, I guess. <laughs> Yo, how do we. I don't even. Where does this fit in on the family tree? This. The family tree of Jurassic Park films. This is the third one in the new trilogy, so the sixth film altogether. So I guess, technically, considering the first ones were prequels, as I've been led to believe, this is actually the th- first third movie. The prequel. No, I was. I was applying <laughs> the logic Star- of the Star Wars six film monstrosity to this. Well, I haven't seen any of the new ones, but... Star Wars? I, um, no, Jurassic uh, Park, the new trilogy. I, well, this is a Star Wars podcast. Um, it's called Jabba the Butt. <laughs> Which, incidentally, <laughs> was your drive time radio. <laughs> it was, yeah. Jabba the Butt, and they had a really fun soundboard. Uh, God, we need a soundboard. <laughs> I think we can... Nah. What, what happens if we press it? Don't, don't, don't! <laughs> what if that did something? Um... Baba Booey. Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. <laughs> Let's get a Baba Booey button. Uh, God bless. Do you remember the WOW stickers? WOW. It was like Whip It Out Wednesday. I think it was Opie and Anthony. No. I. You know, I just remembered I promised my coworker yesterday morning at the beginning of our 10-hour shift that I was going to tell him about the great disco demolition night, and I never did. And who I know, doesn't know... Who doesn't know about the great apparently disco? Apparently him. He's... He is not much younger than me but he is like at a just like mental advancement stage of how i feel older people feel talking to me like i feel like i have that place now i where sure. i hadn't before and he mm-hmm. talks to me i'm like you're a child yep. it's great isn't it fun it's i know how do you feel now <laughs> yeah, i'm like how do you not know about disco <laughs> how, how do you not know who fucking freddy finger me <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> Freddie <laughs> got fingered, and that baseball player had a baby. Raleigh fingers. Raleigh fingers, there and go. Freddie got fingered. Um, Raleigh, Freddie got fingered fingers. We, we actually now are the, I just got a notification, the 10,000th podcast to mention 
the disco demolition night. I mean, we don't have to harp on it. But I'm saying for the sake of this person, yeah. this is in fact a child. You'd think. Because they haven't, I guess TikTok maybe has not discussed uh, the well, disco demolition. As this is being recorded, TikTok is still legal, but you never know. I mean, he's going to ban the post office. He's going to ban TikTok. Who's next? It means of Could be anyone. Could be Morgan Friedman. I hope it is. I'd love that ban. <laughs> Just all films did, he did has to leave. back? David fucking Blaine. He was gone? Where'd he go? I don't know. He goes to... He's like, um... Uh, what's his name from Watchmen? The, the, blue, the blue god. Um, just, Tobias Funke? Yes. Ah, he just yes. disappears to, there's gotta to another be, planet. There's gotta be mean crossovers of Watchmen and Arrested Development where Tobias is him. Oh, there. You could just, try, just straight up put his picture in with the same patches <laughs> and it would be funny. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I'm tired of this planet. <laughs> I must leave now. Uh, our relationship just wasn't the same after 9-11. I don't know if it was because of 9-11, but... That was a butchered line that Arrested Development did two years after 9-11, where Tobias Fugate <laughs> blamed his failing marriage on 9-11. 9-11. And that's uh, why it was the greatest show of all time. Boy, it was. Um, Meet Tony Soprano. <laughs> that was the tagline for the first season of The Sopranos, and I find that hilarious. I thought you were going to say that was the tagline for the first season of Arrested Development. <laughs> and I believe That'd you. be very funny, actually. <laughs> Me, so Tony, <laughs> Yeah, we couldn't afford to buy a new tagline, so we just recycled an old one. We already had the rights. I keep saying things that are good pivot points to my movie, but I'm just not going to take them. These are it. too easy. Um, yeah, don't, so let's, don't drop. Let's talk about don't us. Don't drop the bass yet. Let's talk okay. about Don't drop the bass. I was going to make bass noises. But no, don't. That's don't. That's what don't drop the bass. I'm you got to keep them going. We're still playing. Um, We're playing with each other here. A little, <laughs> little goose and little honking. Take me out to the Big shed, party. see what happens. <laughs> Uh, Am I the goose or the honk? <laughs> well, one could say honkies, but you could probably tell by the everything about us. Anywho, what have you been up to? It's been, what, two weeks since we've two seen weeks, each other? I was at the beach. Oh, the back beaches. to the beach, yes. Do we want a segment of me just talking about my nice vacation? I mean, yeah, go for it. Was... Your nice, um... COVID-friendly vacation. COVID-friendly. You spent all the time in a small airplane where COVID can't exist. It's true. They can't get you in the sky. An aeroplane over the sea, in fact. An album which is apparently about Anne Frank. Yes, it is about Anne Frank. I didn't listen to it or care, so it meant nothing to me. It's a good album. I've heard it, but I've never listened to it at length to the point where I was like, oh, Anne Frank, Well, now I'm going to pivot, because instead of talking, we'll come back to the plane, but now you got me on one. This is going to be a long one, isn't it? Do you know who Jeff Mangum is? Jeff Mangum. Uh, is that the guy that invented manga? Yes. And also Jeff the... Jeff Bezos' the, alternate personality? The front man and creative mind of Neutral Milk Hotel and oh. In the Aeroplane Over the Sea, this concept album about Anne Frank. Um, <sighs> and he, apparently he went like pretty nuts and he was like... <laughs> he was a hermit. Like, could they stop doing stuff? He, he lived in Anne Frank's house for a few months. Probably. I'd buy it. And so... Good for him. He was very reclusive for a long time, for over a decade. And 
then about eight, nine years ago, early, early tens, he um, started performing again. And my friend had a ticket to see it, which the other person could not use, and he asked me to go. And it was, in fact, the first and only time I've been to a concert where I was in the front row. Interesting. And it was a lovely theater um, in, I believe, Newark, New Jersey. And was it called the Wellmont Theater? It may have been the Wellmont, or I might be mixing up. Okay, because I I, I, I saw a live podcast there. Speaking of podcasts, yeah. podcast the podcast, podcast <laughs> podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> imagine podcast the podcast, Max. We could be. We doing don't need that. to imagine. That has to exist. I don't know. I don't care either. I'm not. And I'm look. angry that it does. It does probably. It's probably like Jeff Ross or some bullshit. <sighs> Roastmaster General, baby. Anyway, what were you talking about? What what nonsense were you discussing? So the only time I ah, was yes. ever front row. The only time. Uh, let me say something that would have been a brag, and I'd say the late '80s. The only time I was ever in the front row of a concert, to my memory, I might have been somewhere else, was seeing Ringo Starr and his All Star Band. That was never a brag. Hey, you know, it's fine. We're all allowed to think At that. No point. My, my, um, my, and this is a stretch. Personal friend George Harab, who is the um, drummer for a band called the Philadelphia Funk Authority. He is a successful drummer. He does this as his career. Just released a very long video on why Ringo matters, and you should go check it out because it's actually really cool. Yeah, oh, and great. why he Ring- was a good drummer and interesting perhaps and all the, that. Perhaps the future will exonerate you. I do not know. You're talking to me like I'm trying to, um, oh, what's the word? You're talking to me like I'm trying to vindicate the Unabomber or something like that, and I'm talking about how Ringo wasn't a bad person. I'll vindicate. John beat his wife. Paul has that weird face. George died. There must be something tricky there. Unabomber, pros and cons. Hey, it's only one bomb. That's not that bad. It was... (laughs) <laughs> Have I been reading the wrong books? <laughs> Uni. It's like a unicycle. Yeah, he's the unicycle bomber. He, imagine. Harvard graduate, professional yeah. unicycle rider, and... And dumbass who lost his mind. But had some really cool ideas. And hey then man, was he like, supported... And now I'll just send bombs in the mail. He supported like, nope. the USPS. And that matters right now. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, let me sit you down. Oh, what the fuck is this? Buy stamps to save the the post office? Like, I get it, but why are we... Like, the fact that we're there... I mean, it sucks, but also... The whole thing is broken. Just saying right now, pretty cool stamps. They have some nice um, holographic Halloween ones. It's not a business. We don't need to save it. They have Bugs Bunny ones, where Bugs Bunny's in drag. They have Scooby-Doo ones, Hot Wheels. They have some cool, like, Black History ones. Who cares? They have They have one, the County Fair one. That's pretty cool. I'm just here to talk about how cool stamps are, man. Hey, man. Also, stamps are cool. Stamps are cool. Stamps are very stamps. cool. Stamps.com, our sponsor this week, wants you to know that stamps are cool. Stamps are cool. Stamps. Stamps. Stamps on stamps. Shit, let's get a stamps hustle. You're right, that is big right now. We gotta strike while I mean, it's hot. Like, two months ago, it was black woman on business, and now it's stamps. And before that, it was fancy masks. I'm trying to think of... How can you even I'm make a, a hustle person. out of buying stamps and reselling them? They're, they're the Make same cool. amount forever, and they only go up in price. Right, so we need like a value add, like a framed stamp. So do we, we just... frame stamps. We buy kind of neat no, no, okay. vintage stamps on eBay. What we do... And then we sell them... Is 
we just buy a bunch of stamps and sell them at double the price and say that we're donating what our profit to the USPS. Oh, you want to go straight up fraud? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it's Let's... low scale. We get kids. We put them on street corners. We do this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, of uh, course. Like, you sell cigarettes and stuff. It'll work. <laughs> we need an army of, like, um, newsy children to sell our stamps. That can be right. Headlights don't sell stamps. Everyone's... Newsy sell stamps. Everyone's looking for a hustle. Wait, the people are dying to know the conclusion of my I'm Jeff I'm sorry, I realized story. I took us on a whole arc there. Go ahead. And the reason they're dying, if they're perhaps familiar with this man, to know the conclusion of the story... Is he dead? Would be... No. Oh. Well... Was this moment beforehand of having no idea what he was going to be like, and a little worried. It's like, you knew this dude was kind of nuts, and no one's heard from him in like 15 years or whatever... And it's like, ugh, fan, big fans, longtime fans are like, well, not sure what this is going to be like. And so it had this strange tension about it. And then he came out and I believe didn't say a word. Maybe he did. Love that for him. And he started strumming the beginning of the song In the Airplane Over the Sea, which is one of the biggest songs off that album. That is the one I know. And it was... With such and oh, and he just got as he did. He got like a shit-eating childlike Aww, grin on his face. I like face. that. That's nice. And it was the most lovely one. Was this like and a wonderful show? Was this like his first? It was his first or, tour. Okay, back. I was. I it was one of. His I was first just imagining like you were at the first show and you were. It, you saw like, was, his. You saw Willy Wonka come out of the factory right. or something like that. Almost. It was. Almost. It was his first tour back for sure. That's really nice to hear, though. Yeah, I'm happy for him. So keep at it, Jeffy. If you are still alive, not totally sure. I think so. Though. Yeah. Now that we can't see any concerts, I'm really thinking about um, groups I want to see. Can I make a confession to myself as much as you or our listener? Go for it. I don't really like concerts. I've been to so many concerts, and it's not typically a very enjoyable experience for me. Even though I love the music. I understand. There's definitely... I feel like there's types of concerts I prefer, like smaller venues, more like groups that aren't like to the groups are, that are to the point where they're still cool or like they don't care anymore and they just like do what they want. Right. Like I saw Aereo Speedwagon once at a mountain venue called Penn's Peak in the Lehigh Valley, and it was kind of cool because they're <laughs> Cause so. You felt like you're in an eighties movie. I did because the whole place is just it looks like a giant cabin inside, and it was just Aereo Speedwagon, and they're so old. They make money. They don't give a shit. They're playing, doing whatever. That's awesome. And I'm just there, and you could just wander around. Like I, I was at the front row. I was in the front of the mosh pit, and by mosh pit I mean the f- old folks, the, the herd of forty year old men, like uh, <laughs> arms up. And yeah, I got one of their performers to sign a record out by um, their bus at the end, which I feel like is a thing that doesn't exist anymore, really. No, like yeah, we lost that people one. by the bus. I think Bin Laden killed it. Can't masturbate on airplanes anymore. Thanks, Bin Laden. The first Hangover is not a bad movie. The first Hangover is not. The a bad others movie. are a bad movie, but we don't have to talk about that. We do have to talk about the fact that I mailed a racist sword to a rock star this week. You were said you were gonna do that like a month ago. And I did it, finally. Did I tell the whole story of the sword on the podcast? I don't you remember. You told it to me? I, I don't know well, if it was mic'd up. Well, let me give you the um, long and skinny of it. Found a sword in my grandparents' basement, had it for a few years, looked at it, uh-oh, white knight on it, burning cross, etc. Kept it for a few more years, and then the world fell apart. I said quick. The world fell apart, and I told myself, I'm getting rid of this, I'm either gonna do something cool with it, throw it in a river, blah, blah, blah. 
And then I emailed some podcasters who host a show called The Omnibus. These podcasters, you may know them, are Ken Jennings, Jeopardy! Greatest of All Time Ooh. champion. He's a good man. And he would be nice to you if you met you him. have no idea what kind of man he is. <laughs> I'm not going to stand for this. And John Roderick, a indie person of the Long Winters band. I'm going to digress on... Uh... And anyway, so I finally <laughs> mailed it to them and I wrote them a nice letter. And I feel better not having it. And I know, I hope they do something nice with it. Or just secret, find some solace in owning their it. Their secret clansmen? I super doubt that. Me too. I don't even think there is a clansman in Seattle. Oh, Nick. One, you are a young, two. young child. I just don't care, honestly. It's gone. It's out of my life. If they sell it to a clansman on the street at some sort of weird podcast or flea market, which I'm sure happens all the time in Seattle, good for them. There are, in fact... Some clansmen in Seattle, for sure. What is a West her- Coast is What would you call a herd of clansmen? A herd? A burn? A burn? A, a burning of clansmen? A burning of Actually, clansmen. Actually, that's not bad. Yeah, I like it. Because it like, evokes like one, but it's also like, oh, and yeah. we evoke images of them on fire, it, which is nice. I guess it also kind of works, whereas clansmen, it could be like a clansman or the clansman. It's like um, moose. Right. You have or one dolphin. moose or many moose. Dolphin. Mises. Yeah. One moose, many mises. One dolphin, many dolphins. It's meese. No, I, I was moosen. just... I was doing a joke. It's moosen. Moosen-o? I don't know where I was going with that. Well, um, yeah. That's... That's pretty much it. Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up. My partner mentioned that she does not know if your persona is like this in real life but she mentioned that what she gathered from you just listened to through the show as she has never met you i think correct pretty sure um she says you seem like a lovable asshole which i think is you put on that i think you put on airs for the show i don't think you're quite your podcast persona in real life but i just want you to know and i kept saying i would tell you and i want to do it on air so here we are i understand what you say i might not quite be that off mic but the beauty of this is they have no idea for telling the truth we could lie. That's exactly. And this is my point about Ken Jennings. Is that <laughs> no? Seriously, I don't. Think you try to pull this prestige you... bullshit on me. Like, okay, I'm, there is absolutely a possible future where Ken Jennings gets me too hard, or he's like <laughs> in like on Epstein. Like Ken I... Jennings comes out. He's a little late to the game on that, I think. Um, but similar, that could happen. I and the point, the the reason. It could happen is that we know nothing about this man when it's not his public persona. And now the public persona has become so much more expanded with the conversational form of podcasts, with social media, um, and he's an interesting figure in his own right, and all these different spaces, Reddit. Max, you are are throwing arrows at a very powerful man. He could have us killed. (laughs) He has been given millions of dollars by none other than Alex (laughs) Trebek. Who? Canadia's sweetheart. Do you know what I learned today? Oh, God. What are you doing? And this is. This. This is. What Alex Trebek drinks Adrenochrome. This is the most shocked jock I'll ever get. Alex Trebek's wife is smoking hot. I mean, yeah. I never knew that. He's a very handsome man. I never knew that. And then you see old pics and it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen him on Cheers? Alex Trebek was on Cheers, and he was very handsome. He was also in um, The Naked Gun, I think. Yes. He did a bunch of things. The black mustache. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's what I I saw older pics, and I was like, oh yeah, Yeah, they were both kind of studs. 
He's got um, that game show. But I had never seen her. She's um, a very babely since older woman. We're sharing fun facts about celebrities that had us flummoxed. I found out last night that George Washington did not have any of his own children. What? George Washington, the father of our Has country, no true heir. had no kids. It, when Mount Vernon basically had to get handed down, it went to nephews and stuff. Really? Yeah, he never had children. I mean, my I didn't read into this at all. All I can assume is that um, he was so busy being a general for like the first 40 years of his life that he literally just didn't have time. I'm going to say... Bone up his wife. I'm, I'm Are gonna you going to say what... Plaza a different theory. Are you going to go with the gay theory? Cause no, that's already... I, think, I think there's a simpler... I think if he's been well biography... Oh, oh, his penis was also made of slave teeth, and that's why... <laughs> like, his teeth, that's why he could... Basically, yeah, mine is that he's shooting blanks. Maybe. I right? He probably couldn't have kids. Yeah, he had, um, I think, one... At least a daughter who was his wife's from a previous marriage. So he had like a kid around to right. impress upon, but yeah, you need a, a boy, <laughs> just <Yeah>. boy. Uh, <laughs> you need boy. That, that's I just thought it was weird because like back then that was that well, that was the thing. You had yeah. a boy, and then that's <laughs> what you gave everything to. Yeah, you had a daughter, the and then you had... gave that to a boy, and then the boy would <laughs> propagate and so on. Yeah, the boy would have the same name as you. Yes, that's fascinating. Ew. I don't think we've taken. A real societal look at like how fucked that is. I was thinking, imagine marrying somebody with your same last name, but like you're not related. Just how how convenient yet weird it would be. Yeah. Like if you were if you were taking that, like you wouldn't have to take you wouldn't have to change any documents. You'd still be like Elizabeth Horner or whatever. Right. And yeah, you'd just be married to Albert Horner and you'd be happy. Oh, the Horners. Oh, the Horners. It would create the a horny set of challenges horners. that I, I hope and believe the Horners could get through. I trust the Horners. I stole that from a folk song. One where it's like me and Mr. Horner. Horner. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about Laura Dern for a while. Ew. Now that we've blown 20 minutes on that. That was only 20 minutes? Right? It felt like three days. <laughs> so yeah, um, I watched a movie from 1984, the year of our Lord. Uh, called I don't know why. Called Teachers. It was really good. It's called So what was your Teachers? movie, Matt? No. Yeah, it was called Teachers. I had never heard of this, and it's like a... It only has like a 60% approval rating generally, but it was a really good movie. It had a lot of big names. It seemed like it should have been a hit. Like, it seemed like a the archetype of the, like, classic 80s like movie like it seemed very um q q john hughes. john hughes that's it. it seemed like very john hughes adjacent although it was a little i'm not gonna say messier than his movies but it had a lot more plot to it like it wasn't as simple as like okay. kids in detention or what have you right. but yeah um to say basically i think it was like if the breakfast club dead poet society school of rock and greece had a baby it would be this movie because it had, like, aspects of all of those ranging from serious to, like, goofy. Okay, so no no stand and deliver? No... I've never is seen it just stand and deliver. Kids? Oh, is, which one is stand and deliver? Edward James Olmos. I have a vague idea of what you're talking about. One. No. How can I teach these kids? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it is at an inner city school in Columbus, Ohio, which, news to me, has an inner city. Um, so there are definitely a mix of kids. I'd say there still seem to be a lot more white kids than there should have been, but it was Columbus, Ohio. So I guess, I don't know. That's mostly white people, right? Ohio in general? 
Yeah, but I, mean, I imagine the inner city of Plavis. I mean, it it had elements of being an inner city. Like in the morning, like the security guards would like have to unlock the gates so the kids could get into the school. And like there, a kid got stabbed. <laughs> a sight, that's a big and thing. there were like some like bad kids, but honestly, it didn't really seem like it seemed more like my high school. And I went to a school of like one thousand kids, which was also just run down and understaffed, and a school that a thousand kids went to. So as you can imagine, it shared you... some similarities with a fake inner city school. Were you taught by Edward James Olmos? Um, no, but I was taught by Nick Nolte, who's in this movie. <laughs> um, okay, the soundtrack is really good. Also, I'm I'm gonna cut right to the end. The movie ends with a, like, big, like, huzzah, and then it freeze frames, and the first thing that comes up is the name of the person that produced the soundtrack, followed by, you can purchase this soundtrack in stores, which kind of undid the entire movie for me. I was like, really? That's what you're gonna do? So angry that you led with that. You're gonna make the end of- I have no idea what this You're gonna make the end of this movie a billboard, like, hey- we know there's some pretty bomb songs in here, like um, Teacher Teacher by the 38 Specials. That's not the name of the band, by 38 Special. That's the opening song to the montage of like all these ragtag kids coming to school in the snow. Okay. And they're, you know, um, what's his face? Night Moves Guy? Bob, Bob Seger. There's a Queen song. It's a pretty hopping soundtrack. I could see it like being in a gremlin on my way to high school in the late 80s listening to this on a cassette tape. <laughs> Sweet. Being a cool kid. You know how cool kids be driving gremlins. So yeah, um, you see all the kids. Um, there's a mo- It's like a very good 80s montage. We meet Ralph Macchio for just a second. We see him talking to a kid who I will later find out is a young Crispin Glover. Wait, hold on. Let's... let's oh yes, sorry. Macchio for I was, a moment. Yes, Ralph Macchio of Turning Into an Old Man as a Young Boy fame. <laughs> From a, first, a past episode of Dirt After Reading. So now I've gotten, I'm zero, I've not seen Laura Dern and Ralph Macchio together in any production. Oh, well, there is a very dramatic you scene coming. You now have twice. I have. Hey, I, did, I don't roll the dice. Speaking of which, I forgot to look at what we're watching next week, so we're not going to say it on this episode. Oh, we but... will absolutely say it. Oh, we will episode. actually. Actually, we're I remember. We're not going to just stretch out another minute to Google You know, shit. I just realized that I do have, I randomized the entire list already, so I could just pull it up. So we'll get there later. This but problem has been resolved. It has. Look at that. I should be... A, a podcaster. I should be... Po- I'll imagine. I should get shirts made. Just, I am a podcaster. Respect me. Um, so yeah, Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid, is back as a troubled youth, believe it or not. What else would he play in a movie about troubled youths? He wasn't going to be the nerd. It's Ralph Macchio. He's a scrappy little karate kid. So that's the level of... Inner city, they go to the Italian kid. Basically, okay. yeah. I mean, I think he's def he is Italian, but his mom in this movie is definitely like Spanish. They definitely try to play the fact that he is more more um, ethnic. ethnic than he really yeah. is, which I was like, whatever, that's fine. Yep. It's Ralph Macchio; he can play it all. He's Ralph Macchio for Christ's sake. Um, From Italian <laughs> to half Italian, but you can do anything. Gosh, but yeah, um. The first thing you see is there's, like, it's, you know, hectic. It's a morning at a school where a bunch of kids go and they're not quite staffed for it. Um, you see the principal. He's dealing with bullshit. Like, the secretary's like, uh, 10% of the teachers didn't turn up today and I can't find any subs, which is just ridiculous. 
it's not going well. Things are falling apart. Mm-hmm. There's a lawyer who's like, hey, the case, the deposition, we're doing that this week. And the principal's like, I got other stuff to do. There's this kid who got stabbed who's just bleeding on a bench. And everybody that comes in for the next like three scenes is just like, you know, that kid's bleeding, right? And they're like, yeah, we know. We're dealing with it. A cop comes in and he's like, you should report that. And so the secretary looks at him and just like holds out her hands. And he's like, not to me. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, cops, they're great, aren't they? But yeah, so like there's a lot of tension already, there's a lawsuit, and we find out that a kid graduated from the school without being able to read or write, so they were just passing him through and the family is suing. So already you can see that they're they're laying the place for like a, that moral dilemma of like should schools teach or just get kids through and give them a diploma. Oh, interesting. And like that pretty much will be like the fire point for the rest of the movie. Oh, and there, cool. There'll be a lot of tension about it. Um, we see Nick Nolte playing himself, an alcoholic. who's just barely holding down a job as a teacher he seems very um he's pretty clocked out he lies to a woman telling her he is a pilot and she keeps like she's looking around his apartment and there's a bunch of things like teacher of the year 1987 or whatever no 1978 and she's just like, I'm gonna go. And he's like, that's a good idea. Is he, like, trying to put on some more stay in the time and bang this woman? No, he already did. He, oh, okay. he, like, he, you see a chair, which is his nightstand. It has a clock and an empty Miller Lite can and a pack of cigarettes. And then he reaches for his phone. He's on the phone with the secretary. And she's like, it's implied that he doesn't come in on Mondays ever, which is hilarious. <laughs> he does his usual four-day work week. And so he's on the phone and then he hangs it up and then you see a woman come up from under the covers and she's like, I thought you said you were a pilot. And he's like, yeah, I have to teach a pilot class. Got him. But yeah, he's, so he's a little sleazy, but like, you know, it ve- becomes very apparent very quickly that he cares. He still cares about his job. He wants to help the kids, etc. Um, we see... Oh, we see a woman. There's a man like at an old... Um, what what would you call the old school? Organ grinder? Yes, an or you know how pup inner city schools have an organ grinder to keep the kids I, at bay. I understand what the 80s were like. Yeah. No, he had like a not it's not a dictaphone. It's like a old school copy machine like a bibli a bibliograph. Oh, yeah, like it has the, like uh, a carbon whatever circle. you call it. Yeah. He's like using it and he's like an old like man. A carbon copier. Whatever. He's an old man. And this woman comes to up to comes up to him and has an absolute mental breakdown and says, you're using this machine every day, every damn day, you son of a bitch, at that exact tone. And she's just losing her mind, and she pulls out ink and sprays it all over his face, and they're holding her down and restraining her. She is, like, absolute, just having a complete, just lapse. Meltdown. Yeah, and then uh, somebody says, who was she? And they go, oh, that was the school psychiatrist. (laughs) So she's out, and they immediately give all of the school psychiatry duties to nick nolte because of course you would so is this all played for laughs is this just a straight up comedy no there's definitely a lot of dark moments. like it's okay. it's like laughs laughs pepper the fact that this is a failing school full of okay. children that are just dying to learn something yep. and are just kind of being put down by the system but yeah so nick nolte is given all these duties because he has a free period and that's the only reason which isn't great but you know other things are gonna happen um, at this point, I, all I can say is that if you, like, put all the sound out of this movie and played the Candyman soundtrack over it, it would probably work as, like, a <laughs> horror movie. Because, like, a def- in the beginning, I didn't know where it was taking place, and I was like, is this going to be, like, a Chicago inner city school? Because it gives me, like, because all, you know, all 80s movies take place in Chicago inner city schools. Yeah. Breakfast Club, this, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, etc. But, yeah. 
I don't know where I was going with that. Um, Candyman. Oh, so we see a man who is very, um, I, he has very big eyes. He looks like the Mad Hatter, but in a suit. And they're showing him an apartment building with like a woman who appears to be his handler, but like could just be his daughter or whatever. And all the doors are open because there's no heat in the unit, so all the heat comes from the hall. And there's a phone ringing. And the man wanders in and picks it up and says like, hello. And they say, is this Stuart Cunningham or whatever the name they said? And he's like, well, yes, it is. And then he becomes a substitute teacher, which it's kind of like a weird like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern version of School of Rock, where like he has his own <laughs> plot where he's doing School of Rock, but we only see him occasionally and he's just off doing it. Um, at one point, he will throw a, the book out the window, literally, and then he dresses as Abraham Lincoln. And throughout the movie, he will do multiple impressions <laughs> of different historical figures, including um, he does Ben Franklin, he does George Washington. When when the when we find out that he is an escape, basically an outpatient from a mental facility who just took this job and has been delighting children cuz the only class these kids seem to like is Nick Nolte's class and this insane man who pretends to be historical figures <laughs> they card him out and he's dressed as um general custer and he's like he they they it's like two men in the white suits and they're like holding his arms and he like flails and he says get off of me treat me like a teacher because I am one and then he leaves and it's really sad because the students love him and he's such a good teacher and like him and Nick Nolte have like a goodbye and he's like and he says like Mr Garrison or whatever he says no it's and then he says his real name and they say thank you and they salute each other and he walks out Beautiful. respectfully on his own accord and honestly I want to see just his movie I also do his movie so, just this movie sounds fantastic. It's this movie great? literally so, like, I cannot describe how good this movie is. And we are not even, oh, we see Dern. Ten minutes in, we see Laura Dern. Okay. She is a young woman, a teen, like a late teen, early 20. What year? 80... 84. So this was one of her first roles. One of the early um, And yeah, she's young, hot. She has a turtleneck on in almost every scene we see her. She either has a turtleneck or a t-shirt. And yeah, she's just kind of there. She's like a, you know, a general, like, cool white kid. I don't know. This movie, I find very realistic. Do you get the feeling that she's wearing the t-shirt under the turtleneck? I mean, she could be. Things or are they like different settings? Like one's a turtleneck setting, one's a Different settings. Setting. I feel like they just kind of alternate between t-shirt and she's turtleneck turn. She's a teacher? Or no, no, no. She's a student. So she is a young she's student. She's a turtleneck wearing high school student. And, um, yeah. It's just, um, like I said earlier, I did not go to an inner city school, but this school just reminds me of mine because it's kind of like janky, but it works... And, like, the teachers all are very much characters, like, the old man is boring, and, like, all the... He sits at the back of the room, and all the desks face forward, and he they, they come in, he does not speak to them, they take assignments off of his desk, do them, and when the bell rings, they put them on and leave. Which, um, when he dies at his desk later in the movie <laughs> is hilarious, because no one notices, because he's always just sleeping. <laughs> so, like, three periods happen before anybody says something. And that's just... I can't wait to watch this you, movie. No, you absolutely <laughs> should. Fantastic. I can give you... I rented it on Voodoo, I think. If you want to borrow my copy, it's still good till tomorrow afternoon. I'll, probably, I'll get my hands on okay, it. Okay, if you want to find it yourself, like a scumbag. If you want to use the infinite copying machine. The, in that, that's the man that died at his desk. The man who was hogging the infinite... Oh, really? I'm glad we're calling it the infinite copy machine now. The totally <laughs> real name. Um... So we see Nick Nolte fixing a radiator because his room is cold and he has to teach the kids something, So and he's hungover maybe, so he's fixing a radiator. And then Crispin Glover fucking bites a guy real hard. Really? He bites a teacher 
Isn't he in the rap movie? And he just holds on with his teeth and he won't let go. And this teacher, I feel so bad for him. He's like the guy that gets pooped on the entire time. Crispin Glover is just a nutso student. Oh yeah, he plays like just an absolute like bullied, troubled, like not like, like just shaky, like nervous man. Yeah. And at one point he's talking to um, Ralph Macchio, who is his friend. And basically says, like, ah, oh, you gotta get me a piece, man. I just want a gun. Which is a great thing to hear in a high school movie, that he wants a gun. Earlier, we see a teacher who keeps a gun in her briefcase, because, you know, inner city school. And that'll come into play later, but there's a lot of threads here. I'm gonna try to do my best to see them all so out. So it's a Chekhov's gun, in fact. It was. I, um, I was gonna use just a random story term, but red herring, in fact, would not be true because it was a very blue herring, I guess. I don't know how that phrase works. Um, so yeah, uh, fucking biting a kid. Um, there's a union rep talking in the student lounge and no one is listening to him, which I think is a little funny. <laughs> just the idea they don't care at all because he's trying to fight for them to get like, they can come in three minutes later or something. And they're just like, shut the fuck up, Eric, or whatever his name is. Fuck unions. And he's like, well, this, a union is not an honor system. We need to start paying these fees and all that stuff. And it's just so, it's so boring and dry. And everyone's like, ah, just jerk off motions with hands. They're not doing it, but like spiritually they are. They don't care enough to actually do it. Oh, man. We meet, um, we meet Ralph Macchio's mom, and his mom has a lawyer who's very pushy and says, like, is basically talking about a, um, custody, custody dispute, and Nick Nolte's like, that's cool, what about your son's education? And the lawyer's like, we're done here. And we basically just get the vibe that, like, his parents don't really care, and he's not, he can't read, really. And he's just kind of a you know, tough kid who steals cars. Oh, he steals a car. Really? He steals the... Back, you know, back in the day when schools had cars where they would teach students to drive in? Yes. I was not part of that generation, but... Yeah, they stole that car, him and Crispin Glover. And they keep it in the school for the duration of the entire film. And this then... the stolen car. They, they leave All they the do, they scene. take the sign off of the top... <laughs> That says student driver, and they keep it in like the the like the auto shop classroom, and that's it. <laughs> they just leave it there. They don't get caught. No, they don't. Oh, that's great. Near the end of the movie, Ralph Macchio starts to become a better kid, and him and Nick Nolte have a rapport. And he just they're looking. He's like sitting on the car, and Nick Nolte's <laughs> talking to him, and he says, "I got something to show you." And he pulls the sign out and places it back on top, and Nick Nolte's like. Whoa! Like, he, he didn't know. He realized. He's like, oh my god. And he's like, they've been looking everywhere for this. And Ralph Macchio's like, right? They're fucking idiots. I don't know. And then he gives Nick Nolte the car back and says, here, this is your reward for helping my friend. My friend being Laura Dern. We'll get there. Aww. Um, so yeah, there's... Let's see. Um, so as I mentioned, the school is getting sued because um, they're just passing students through without educating them. And the, the lawyer, who is played by um, none other than Morgan Friedman, who is incredibly young, has no gray hair, and has a beautiful mane of hair, a Morgan Friedman I rarely see in films mm -hmm. anymore, because, you know, he's an old, famously an old man. In Driving Miss Daisy, he played an old man who became older. <laughs> he's famous for it. It's his thing. His shtick, if you will. But yeah, so the lawyer and the principal are like, we need everyone to lie. Because, <laughs> you know, that's how you win a court case. We just need everyone to lie and be, like, yeah, dumb classic. and play dumb. You know, like O.J. Simpson did. And he killed a woman. And a Jewish waiter. He was a waiter? I think so, yeah. 
He was a waiter, and I think that's definitely why this might be them. this oh. might be a little controversial. But I think killing a Jewish waiter is worse than killing a not Jewish waiter. And I, I I'm gonna stand by that arbitrary ruling, and I'm not gonna explain it any further. Well, you heard the man. It is now turn after reading his official stats. Do not email the podcast. We will delete all emails. No, bring it on. <laughs> okay, so you know. Things are a little grim. Oh, what I was saying. It's almost, you get the vibe when Nick Nolte is talking to his mom that, like, maybe this is his son. Because she's saying, like, like only referring to him by his last name, and she, he's only referring to her by her last name, like, Mr. and Mrs., and they're very, up like, angry and stuff. Right. And you almost got that vibe, like, are they, like, oh, divorced? Because And, he, and he's, she's even, like, his father should not be able to see him at all, especially in school. And I started to get the vibe, like, he has a kid, maybe? It wasn't. He has a dad who's kind of a dick, who's just like an, a bald-headed Italian it sounds man. like, and maybe because I've painted this perfect film in my mind, I mm-hmm. might be giving it too much credit, I have no idea, um, but that one reason that resonates is it feels like it could, in fact, be his... And I f- maybe that was the thing they thought about, and then they were like, Nick Nolte, no, <laughs> he can't be a father, but someone else will be a father, but we'll get there. Isn't he Jake Busey's dad? Don't act like that's I... not a great fucking show. <laughs> so, <laughs> we see um, Nick Nolte and the principal. I'm not... Yeah, slam dunk, Max. Keep it up. No, you gotta throw me some praise. What, very... Email us about the Jew thing and about that one. Our, I'm sure our one Norwegian listener oh. will cut up a rug laughing at that one. Alright, sorry. It's, it's stroking a little bit. I am sweaty good. from what you just said. You, you upset me enough that I'm now sweating. Um, so Nick Nolte and the principal are shithouse. They're in Nick Nolte's terrible studio apartment. And it's kind of funny because the principal orders this drink and he's like, he's he talks about it for at least 45 seconds. He's like, make me a grasshopper. No, a pink lady. Light on the vermouth and uh, one of those little bar sticks with some, and he's explaining this drink. As you see Nick Nolte in the background fumbling to open two cans of beer. And he brings him the beer and he drinks, like it's fun, like obviously it's a thing they've done before and he's like, he's sipping it and he says, ooh, too much vermouth. And it's, it's like just, a cheers joke. it is, it's a very funny, like a very like, eh, like old timey gag kind of it. thing. Like a, like a Marx Brothers gag or something. Yeah. It's, it's good. But um, they're just blowing off steam, you know, like you do at a job. The next day, Nick Nolte comes into school hungover and I'm going to put this picture on the Instagram because he is wearing a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses and looks so much like his mugshot, it isn't even funny. <laughs> you know that famous mugshot where Nick Nolte was drunk in a Hawaiian shirt? Yeah, he looks like um, Cynthia the doll from Rugrats. Ooh, his, his hair doesn't look like that, okay. but his everything else does. I mean, he's obviously younger and, you know, less liver bloated. Um, he sees the lawyer who wants to give him the deposition and he dodges into the boys' room. She then follows him into this real life, real, like it gave very real vibes of a disgusting school bathroom. Like I could smell the chew on the ground like my high school bathrooms had. And I was just like, ugh, this is a place. Um, I wish my high school bathrooms had chew on the ground. Yeah, my my high school is a big chew high school. So uh, at my 10 year reunion, half of the guys have jaw cancer. I'm going to be... Real. Yeah, we said the nah, baseball I'm not going, team. but still. Pack a lip with the ball players. That's about hey, it. Hey, man, if you were cool in my high school, you chewed and got a tattoo 
at some point, and like the day after, you like roll your sleeve up to show it off the whole time and walk in the hall like you're a cool guy. And you'd like listen to Aria Speedwagon? Nah, they listen to like Eminem and stuff. You know, bad music. Don't, how dare you? I don't like Eminem. I don't get it. I can't wait till you don't have that take anymore. I just, I You'll like, be fine. I like some rap. I just, You'll be fine. Do I like, you, um, Do you like tomatoes? Like eating them? Yeah. Yeah? Alright. I, why is that? I, you'll grow, you'll grow into not actively <sighs> I mean, disliking I just Eminem, don't, I associate I it with gross people, that's the issue. It's not even a fact, like, the music's bad, I just, like, think of, like, awful people I went to high school with, and I'm like, ooh. Oh, oh well, get over your fucking trauma and listen to some more I just, Eminem. I just don't dig it. I like other stuff. You're, oh, that's fine. I have a, I have a playlist of just food songs, and most of them are weird, like, Doris Day, like, enchilada songs from the 50s, and I'm like, this is what I want. Do you? Yeah. Um, oh, I got a few. Uh, I, I'll though. show you my playlist after this. But okay. for now, um, Patreon subscribers will get. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually to talk to each other on microphone for about 14 hours a week. <laughs> and only about two hours of that gets cut down to this gold. <laughs> um, so he's drying his hands in the bathroom, and she says, Here, dry your hands. And she's handed him a subpoena. Which is funny. Like, that's a great way to give someone one. And he's, he does. He's drying his hands. <laughs> and he's he looks and he's like, oh, that was real cute. Real cute. And it was funny. And then she invites him to dinner at her house. And I'm like, ooh. And she was his student at one point. It's getting a little okay. spicy. A little spicy in here. Um, oh, Laura Dern's fucking the gym teacher. Obviously. He, he's a very... He looks like a young Tony Soprano with, like, hair and a beard. And he's like... He's pumping iron when he opens yeah, the door I, my... and she's like you wanted to see me and then Ralph Macchio and his friend blow the fire alarm and you see them both leave the room at like a 30 second delay and she's like putting on her belt and stuff and I was just like cool yeah Lord no Dern, it sounds like my, the gym my high teacher. school yeah yeah. <laughs> I've heard there's a few of my high school teachers that I'm are... not realizing I don't want to... I was going to say yeah, his name. Like, I'm not going to yeah, say his Yeah, probably name. he's still... Mine's still all work in school, so yep, I don't want to out them. But he was the, the young, hot, Italian gym teacher. Gym teacher. Man, it's funny so that the, character the, two, well. the two molds that gym te- teachers fall out of are hot, young Italians and older butch women. Check. Most? Yeah. Uh, pretty much every gym teacher I've ever had was either an older butch woman or a young, I wouldn't say attractive, but like, like, I, I'd say like a seven for my area. Okay. So, you know, not great. But it's, that's like a California <laughs> two, I mean. <laughs> Philly five. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. There's a very crude um, George Carlin joke that I think of anytime someone is rating somebody on numbers like that. Where he says, I never fucked a ten, but one night I fucked five twos. <laughs> just, every time I think of it. Yeah. It's so it's so crass, but I love it. Oh, uh, you don't need to defend yourself. I know, I'm just too. saying. When Ken Jennings listens to this whole episode because of you, I want to sound <laughs> Ken good. Jennings lawyers listen to this whole episode <laughs> because They'll of just you. highlight the parts that mention him <laughs> and they'll show him in his his control room where he does all his evil deeds. <laughs> Oh man, um, I got a parking ticket this week. I got two. I have, I have zero in over two years in Philly. I got two in the last week. But and I you know why? Because I fucking parked in a ticketable space. I twice. am fighting one of them because they said I parked on the crosswalk, which is true. But this crosswalk has absolutely no identification. 
inc- there's no lines on the road that indicate that is where you are to cross, and there's no yellow curb, so I think I can win it. Were you past the edge of the curb? Pardon? Were, was your vehicle past the edge of the curb? I don't understand. The back of, or the front, I don't know. I mean, I completely blocked the technical crosswalk that is there, but there is no identification for this crosswalk. Are there curb cuts? There's curb cuts, and that is it. It is not colored at all. Like, there's no yellow as to say, don't park here. There's also, there's no, there is no crosswalk. Curb curb cuts to make it tough. I don't know. I said that at night you cannot see that it is a crosswalk, which seems like a problem. I'm going to fight this, and I'm not going to pay it, and they're not going to boot my car, because they don't do that unless you get three of them. Three of them, they boot you? That's what I've heard. If you have three unpaid tickets for, like, 50... If you... After 50 that's, days of your just, third one, I think... That's just good PR. I love when I see a booted car parked illegally, and, like, it's blocking a crosswalk. Like, oh, that's right. great. Thanks. <laughs> Putting a boot on a car that's blocking a vital public service. Well, good for they you. can't move the car. <laughs> we, we, what are we going to do? Put a boot on it. I don't know. I knew. I'm with the union. The union sent me. Speaking of unions, I'm not going to get back to this for a few minutes. The Muppet, the Muppet, um, I think it's called Muppet Vision um, Experience at Walt Disney World, which is a great ride. In the intro, there's like a 10 minute video of like the Muppets like, yeah, you're going to see our show. They're just talking and doing stuff. And there's this chorus line of beautiful women. And one of them is like one of the like demony looking ones that sounds like a big Italian guy. And they're like, who are you? And he's like, ah, Chuck, Union sent me. <laughs> Del- Dolores was sick, Union sent me. He's just like a tough guy. Yeah. It's funny. And he's I like in a ballerina costume. propaganda from the Muppets. What's wrong with he? He did his job. He showed up and did it. I don't know. He it's wore like, a tutu. Like you're painting a, a, a caricature. He wore a An tutu. anti-Union caricature. What's wrong with he big Italian tutu? men? Yeah, he wore a tutu. That's how much he cared about that role. Why, why was he wearing a tutu? Because he was a dancer. Uh, he was like a backup one. He was like the third uh, yeah, female I backup dancer. The there now, now you're, you see it's funny. That's great. Yeah, and I I imagine all of the heavier middle later middle aged Italian union workers who saw that were like, hey, hey. that's me in a fucking tutu. And then it's his, true, they got a look. his kids are like, hey, that's the dad in the fucking tutu. And the mom is like, hey, that's a fucking husband in the fucking tutu. You know. What's the dog like? <laughs> hey, that's a fucking dog. I don't know. That was a lot of... That, that was what I got from The Sopranos, that joke. That's it. That's all I got. That's fair. So what, no fucking ziti? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, where were we? Um, fucking the gym teacher. Um, oh, yeah, get it, Dern. Dern, right? Yeah, Dern's fucking the cool, gym cool, teacher, cool. as you do. Um, they, I don't know what I wrote. They stead student hour. Nick Lawyer. Oh, okay. I still don't know what that means. So basically, we see one of the teachers doing, like, playing dumb at the deposition, and she, the woman's like, "Did he was this one of your students? And he's like, I don't know. And he basically answers, I don't know, to every question. And at the very end, she's like, so who controls the system that would monitor the students? And he says, I don't know. And Morgan Freeman says, nice touch. Like, thanks, asshole. Right. And he says, no, I really don't know that one. And then the fire alarm goes on. He's like, I think that's the fire alarm. <laughs> it's just so funny seeing older men trying to save their child. 
helps by lying very badly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He could have been a student. Who's to say? Who's to say? I don't know. I don't even work here. Um, and then we see Nick and the lawyer having dinner, and it gets a little steamy. They don't kiss, but they get close. And um, they definitely get into a fight. Every time they get romantic, they get into a fight about, is this about the money? Or is it about helping people? Or, like, will this change anything in the school? Like, that same idea that keeps coming back. Like, is Nick Nolte trying, or is he just wait, wasting away his time getting paid to be a teacher, right. etc.? Um, 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 oh, so the teacher who got bit, now they steal his desk, which I find hilarious, because that that's a thing that happened at my school. That's a very good one. The, um, oh my god, like a big teacher's desk. Yeah, like, just um, like years of shit on The it. old shop teacher who was like my dad's shop teacher, he taught everyone, he like could hit kids, like yeah. he could do whatever he wanted. Um, I know somebody who did that to his desk, and he like beat him with a ruler, and everyone laughed, and it was fun, and I wasn't there to see it, but god, I wish... I, I was there the first year we had our new shop teacher who was just a boring white guy and went to school for engineering or some bullshit. No. He had like his Get some fucking He had his senior project hung up in the classroom which was like a canoe he made out of bamboo or some bullshit. I don't know. Shop teachers, if you're listening, like put oh, you know, and I can put a little effort. I in. was in his first year class when it, I was in his first year class when a kid got um completely face fucked by a two by four and was like on the ground bleeding and twitching and I was the one that was next to him and I looked at him and then I looked at the teacher and I said uh <laughs> and then he's he was just, he was freaking out because you know a kid might be dying on his time and that's that doesn't look good on a resume no it doesn't. I think you have to put that on your resume if a kid dies under you <laughs> anyway so we all ran to the nurse and it was fine he's fine now I think. I mean, he's kind of, the kid's kind many of many years the later. The kid's kind of a loser, I, I but I don't think that has anything to do with his head injury. <laughs> it might actually, maybe it is. Maybe he's kind of a loser now because he was pelted in the face by a two by four. <laughs> this guy. He's never gonna hear this. I'm not gonna say his name. But what if this becomes the biggest podcast in history? Then I was gonna say his name and then beep it later before <laughs> the release, but I, I just don't even want it on film. Um, yeah, he he's fine. I don't know. He has a job at a oh, fucking blockbuster great. or something i don't know we had our shop teacher was was bucking the stereotypes big time he was very effeminate Ooh. um and he, he was dainty dainty hands <laughs> very <laughs> and feminine dainty, hands. dainty affect i have special um, eyes and he was really into shop really into maybe. fucking men <laughs> I'm sorry. maybe i'm not sure maybe I'm, I'm pretty effeminate, and, well, never mind. I'm a vet. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Nick, uh, oh, so Nick is in his classroom, Nick Nolte, not me, and <laughs> he's, like, he's basically, like, giving his, he's, like, rapping with his students, and he's like, so what does school do? And they, like, all have this kind so of, like, what does school do? they're having this, like, productive right. conversation, and some people are like, ugh, it helps pay teachers. And he was like, yeah, I have a fucking yacht, you asshole. And then, like, they actually start to get at stuff. And then, um, <laughs> bad, bad boy Ralph Macchio is like, yeah, if you care about teaching, then why is the school getting sued for not teaching? And he's like, that's a good question. And then he assigns to his students, what uh, should I say at the deposition? Because he's like, I don't fucking know anymore. My whole yeah. system's being overthrown. So he reaches the keys. And all we see is Ralph Macchio stealing a camera from the AV room and going around the school taking pictures of the reasons that the school is bad, basically. Is bad. Okay. Yeah, it's like, 
We see, like, Laura Dern smoking in the girls' room. We see a, that sleeping old man teacher who's not dead yet. We see the guy who is obviously the, the police narc. Like, he's dressed super punky, and he's, like, 30. And he's, like, <laughs> yeah, he's a bald spot. And you see, they're taking a picture of him, and Crispin Glover goes up behind him with a sign that says narc. He's the 21 he's Jump Street such, guy. But he's, like, 31 Jump Street. <laughs> it's so funny. So they're showing all these, and then, like, the principal's, like, it gets in the school paper, and the principal's, like, what the hell's this about? And McNulty's, like, this school sucks. I let him do it. Blow me. And that's... Pretty much his energy the entire time, which I really enjoy. Like even as the, he, even as they both, him and Ralph Macho both become technically better people and right, better at their asshole. places in life. They're both still a this punk kid. So good. It, Who made this movie? Um, I don't even know. I didn't write it down because I was so busy enjoying it. Usually, I don't enjoy the movies, and then I research them while they're on. Do you want to keep talking while I do? A oh, little please do. On this? I'm very um, so now Crispin Glover steals another car, the same car that belongs to the teacher with the handy bit. So basically, Crispin Glover's trying to drive this man insane, personally. I don't know why. He's kind of a weird guy in general. And, um, let's see. So at this point, that teacher, like, all the teachers are really at their wit's end. Um, they're all freaking out. They're all like, we're gonna, it's gonna fall apart, man. It's all gonna fall apart. The teacher who got his hand bit and car stolen is just on the verge of, losing his mind because you know these kids are literally like jobing him is that the bible character that god like shits on they're just like those kids are gang banging him in the most unsexy way so what'd you find or are you not ready yet i'm not ready yet okay um what oh <laughs> funny story laura dern's pregnant with the gym teacher's baby oh. and she goes to ralph macchio a person that she is apparently friends with we don't know this until she goes to him to be like hey I have a problem. And then they go to Nick Nolte, because obviously. And then Nick Nolte takes her to get an abortion. And then we get the absolute best line of the abortion. I just had an abortion. I think I'm old enough to smoke. Which is a Laura Dern line that I've never heard and will now never forget. And I want it on a t-shirt and every part of my life. <laughs> uh, man, if I got paid per abortion, I've said, be rolling in abortion bucks. Um, so a bunch of stuff that I already said happens. That teacher dies. Um, they stole a car. Um, Ralph returns the car and Nick at this point, like he's, he sees the issue in the system and he's like done bickering with the lawyer and he's like, okay, I know what I got to do. I got to be the bigger man. I got to help the kids. I got to be on their side and all that stuff. And um, the teacher who got bit finally breaks down and they're doing his deposition and he basically says, it's policy to pass kids no matter what. And Morgan Freeman's like, oh, you fucking blew it, man. Which he did. Um, let's see what's next. Oh, gym teacher. We now basically everything is falling apart in rapid succession. Now we find out that the gym teacher has been fucking three kids. Apparently, he got them all pregnant, but we don't hear about the other two. We just hear about the Laura Dern one, and they're like, the principal's yelling at him in a way that like I don't think was enough <laughs> for a man that's been. <laughs> he says, "Why didn't you go to another school to have sex with students?" He also says, "Teamwork does not mean making your own team." <laughs> he is like pseudo slapstick talking to this man who's been fucking kids, but it's fine. 
I need a break. What do you, what do you find? <laughs> oh, it was just some guy. Okay, I thought. But um, it was a really good movie. But, it, yeah, with the cast. I'm not even, you don't even know the end yet. Fucking crazy. But I do? Shit. <laughs> um, the mental t- patient teacher gets taken away. It's kind of sad. And then we see the lawyer in her office, and he said that her boss is like, we reached a settlement. The school will not admit guilt, and they will pay the family couple hundred thousand dollars and she is absolutely heartbroken which is fair because basically she's being said like the system doesn't work money wins blah 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 and it's a real bummer and it is kind of a real bummer until literally the last 30 seconds of the movie but we'll get there we're almost there we see nick nolte in a suit which he before this is basically just wearing like hawaiian shirts and slacks or whatever because you know he's he's a cool teacher and he doesn't want to be there also um Let's see. And he thinks it's his deposition day. He doesn't know about the whole thing. And they bring him into the gym, and it's like the school board, no one else, him. And they're like, they're basically like, we want you to resign so we don't have to fire you. And he says, I have tenure. And they basically everything they say, his response is, I have tenure. <laughs> and like, what are you talking about? Um, they say like, oh, you took a student to get an abortion without parental consent. And he's like, yeah, and? And they're like, who got that student pregnant? So basically they're trying to pin the gym teacher's bullshit on him so they can get rid of him because they know he's a squeaky wheel and he's just going to keep wanting to teach kids like some kind of monster. (laughs) Um, And they're like, you got to go. I'm sorry. And he has a box. He's packing his desk. You've all seen movies. And um, (laughs) the lawyer comes in and she's like, it's a bluff. Are you crazy? You have tenure. And he... Which I wish he would have just said, like, <laughs> that's just what I've been saying. I do have tenure. But, um, and all the students, there's this really powerful ballad, which I couldn't find the name of, and it doesn't really matter, but, like, all the students walk in, they're all, like, standing there, like, we want to te- learn from you, Mr. Nick Nolte. I don't remember his name, and it doesn't matter, but... And then he just storms out, and the lawyer chases him and screams, No! And she says, like, what does she say? Um, I'm not afraid to walk naked down the hall. Which is a metaphor for, like, I'm not afraid to expose it all and care and blah, blah, blah. But then, while she's berating him with words, is stripping down naked. Which I don't see how that is to help, but... <laughs> I just saw you write down a time... I wanted to go back and listen okay. to you aloud. <laughs> Good. Because um, it was awesome. Anyway. Thank you. I, I want to see how I, I want to do improv. Um, no, but... Um, I want to do... I do. I, I want to do comedy. I know. And I'll get there, and it'll be fine. It'll be just fine and dandy. So she gets naked, and then, like, the school, school security officer's like, put your clothes on. I'm going to call the cops. And I know I kind of just did that with, like, a racial twinge, but he was definitely, like, you could... It was... I think it was almost dubbed over. Like, all the lines for that one specific officer were dubbed over to be more black. More I black. don't know that for sure, but he was definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, even if it was his voice, they instructed him, like, be black, and yeah. that's just what they went with. And that's not a huge issue. There's bigger problems. It's whatever. But uh, Ralph Macchio sets off the fire alarm again, which they had done earlier, and they get her in a bathroom, and they have this talk, and he's like, you're crazy, and she's like, you're gonna be a teacher because you're a teacher, and he says, I'm a teacher, and then they go outside, everybody's outside. And there's this, like, big, powerful speech. And, like, the teacher who got his hand bit also was given the same spiel, like, you're a squeak wheel, gotta go, because he actually mm-hmm. did squeak. But um, he gets all, he rips up the contract. He's like, we don't have to fucking do it. We have tenure. They're bluffing. What are they going to do, fire us? And um, they bring his car back. 
which is like a little victory because it's all chopped up anyway, but at least he got his car back and has a hand that'll grow back eventually. Um, and then Nick Nolte's talking to the principal. He's like, I care about the kids. And the principal's like, half the kids aren't even going to come back after this fire alarm. And he says, well, I think the half that will matter. And that's pretty much it. And he says, I'm a teacher. Because I'm... No, he's like looking at the lawyer across the crowd of people. He's like, I'm a teacher. And she's like, you're a teacher. And he's like, I'm a teacher. And I think that's the whole ending. And then yeah. freeze frame by the record. By the record. And uh, yeah, that's the movie. Amazing. Honestly, really good incredible i of any movie i have suggested that the listeners watch which i feel is like half the things i watch you should actually watch this it is an 80s movie you've probably never heard of worth every penny yeah, i paid 3.99 to watch it and i i earned every every cent of that back i can't wait Whew. well i am drained I uh, you are so what's up with you um, what's between your well, nerves I'll, I'll cue that up after i finish i just started last night first two episodes of a British show that's mainly in Japanese that's called, I want to say... The Sopranos! Duty duty slash grief. I've not heard of this, but it Um, sounds... And two episodes, it's like Yakuza, murder, family intrigue. I was in the Yakuza for a few Um, weeks. And it's fucking good. So after I watched that, Teachers... Um, it's not called that, but it's on Netflix. So you find it. You guys can Google, right? Did I ever tell you about the Google class that I took? Oh, Maximilian Palacelli, you fascinating little man. No, you haven't. <laughs> Please do. This was the only class in college that was where me and my two best friend roommates all took the same class. And we took the same class because our athlete friend had just a brilliant eye for knowing and finding and seeking out just the easiest fucking classes. That is what athletes do sometimes. so fucking good at it. She's like, you guys should take the Google class. All you gotta (laughs) do is Google. So it was like the three of us in a 20-person class, if that, 15. And um, it was a woman named Yan Zhang, who was a PhD student. It was about how to Google... And it was the easiest day ever, but you know what? I learned a little bit about Google in there. Were you feeling lucky? <laughs> is that still a thing? No, it's not. That has not been a thing <gasps> oh, for, I want to say, eight years. Oh, man, I feel old because I remember it like it was yeah, yesterday. Yeah, no, it's impactful, but no, it's been gone for a while. Um, but Impactful. It, was... it really affected culture when we lost it the did. show me the first result button. It mattered. But the fact that it stayed with us in our psyche. Where, we're still feeling lucky. Where's the uh, candle in the wind for that? I think he. Sh- if I were him, I'd pump out a new candle in the wind every time something, <laughs> someone important died. Literally anyone. Like, um, <laughs> especially people that it would not be appropriate to have a song like that for, sure. I think would be the funniest. I'm trying to think of one now, but I can't. Um, who's died recently? Fred Willard. Make a Fred, Fred Willard, Willard candle in the wind. wind. He lived his life like a candle in the wind. That'd be so funny if he just did one like every month for somebody. <laughs> Make that money. Come on, Elton. You have kids now. You gotta sure support him. I'm sure you have nothing. You've only been on a farewell tour for 20 years. <laughs> Sorry. I, so the first I got day, very passionate about that. So the first day of Google class, I was late. And so I wasn't sitting next to You didn't to my Google two your friends. directions, did you? I fucked up. Um, so I get stuck in the front row, 
and my two friends are sitting next to each other in like the fourth last row. Mm -hmm. Another old two seater, and we're getting a PowerPoint on the history of information and library sciences. Cool, I'd be into that. And there's one slide. It was pretty neat. Learned some cool shit in there. Um, And one slide about three like pioneers of the field. And she explains this guy from Canada did this sort of computing. I don't remember the details. The one thing I do remember is that I see the last of like four names and each of these come with, you know, at least 20, 30 seconds of description about this person. And the last one is named Llewellyn, like, like the long way. L L E G W E L L S and vowels. Y N C. Puppy breath. <laughs> Nuh-uh. The what did, third. What did she do? The third. Llewellyn C. Puppy breath. The third. So now, so what did I she do? This, win the funniest name. I see this, and I. You know, like, kind of glance ahead of the PowerPoint. I'm like, sitting with this for a couple minutes, and then I hear my roommate just start cracking up. And I know it's because of puppy breath. And she seems to think, or she, she says, um, that this is a real person in the history of information and library sciences. And the one thing I could find was, like, a long essay that was, like, um, the history biography of this man, but a very funny oh, a information man. library science um, Fuck, man. passage. All, all I can recall is that he was married. It was a man, and he was married to Kitten Paul. Of course. That is bonkers and a half. Mm-hmm. I am off my banana right now. Wow. Yeah, I'll see Puppy Breath. That reminds me of something that I'm going to kind of... We'll see how this goes, transition-wise. Um, I had well, a, we're all rooting for you. I had a class in college. I went to college for watching movies, basically. And one of the classes was... It was like a cool, like, Jewish, like, hip lady. Very, like, granola. I liked her. She was nice. I still think about Older, her. Older, younger? Like, maybe... 30 at oldest. Okay. I forget her name and I wouldn't say it anyway because doctor patient confidentiality. Mm-hmm. But um, sure. she was great. She came into my bar once and like I was like, oh my god, my teacher's at my bar. But it was, she's a cool teacher and I love her still. Me and my friend had her. We became friends because we met in this class and we watched like, you know, like odd media. Like we watched Robocop in that class to talk about media violence. We watched um, a John Waters movie. Um, polyester i think not 100 percent sure we watched one of the ones that is very divine heavy and was very like older and campy um we just watched a bunch of stuff like that and i would always show up usually delirious from lack of sleep and me and my friend emily would cackle like little demon queens at all of these ridiculous movies we had to watch at 9 a.m on a wednesday or some shit like Amazing. that we watched we would just do like riff tracks commentary between the two of us and we were just the funniest thing um we watched night of the living dead which is by by and far not a funny movie but we laughed like we were on fire anyway wait what (laughs) i have a question (laughs) go for it what what how do you feel like you would react in a situation where you were on fire i would laugh my head off 
just engulfed in flame. I mean, I pr- let me just say is that I probably this, would is not this like a nihilistic I Buddhism sit calmly. <laughs> I'd be okay. moving. I'd say yeah, maybe a, when a Joker-esque cat. Yeah. I'm trying to like a, trying like to when I threw that egg at you and you ate it. Because I right, couldn't but again, your find body engulfed in flame. Yeah, I'd laugh. Okay. And speaking okay. of laughing, I am starting a new podcast. <laughs> Fuck this <laughs> podcast. No, but actually, I am um, starting a different podcast that I will do concurrently with this one with a friend, and it's going. It's with Emily from that class, and it is called Slumber Potty. Potty. <laughs> Shut up! It's gonna be fun. No, I'm laughing because that's great. Slumber Pod Potty. Is it Pod? It's we don't know do yet. We're still working is... out the kinks, but it's I, we don't know how it's going to be spelled, but it's going to be pronounced like pot, like party, potty. and potty. Yeah, had a baby, so like a shit party. Slumber, potty. and yeah, so listen slumber to slumber potty. potty in a, like a month or two when we finally figure it out. Yeah, and just use your best guess when you're trying to sound it out. Potty. It's going to be hard, but we'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, it's just going to be basically a podcast version of a slumber party, and we're going to have different friends on every week. One of my first friends might be Max, and it might be uh, my friend Bretzo, who does um, uh, burlesque stuff in Philadelphia. He also has a large mustache. Fun. But yeah, we're going to bring all and my mustache friends. Gav. Yeah, we're going to have some segments. We'll play some games. You'll bring a craft. It's going to be a great time. Oh, cool. I'm excited. That sounds... But yeah, um, besides that... I've been working a lot. There's not much between my derns. I've been watching some movies, but I mostly fall asleep during them. Watched The Wizard of Oz the other night again. Very good. Probably gonna watch Casablanca tonight. I'm excited. Some old stuff. I've uh, been reading. Do I finished that gay book you often, told me to read. How often do you watch Casablanca? Um, I'd say like once every two to three months. Nice. Get, like right now. I mean, I definitely have gone like six or seven months, but it's a good movie. Same thing with It's a Wonderful Life. That's my favorite movie of all time, probably. I will watch it all times of year, and I, walk, I cry at very specific points every time. <laughs> and I was going to go to the It's a Wonderful Life Festival this year, but it's probably going to be canceled. And if it's not, still probably don't want to go, because I don't want to have to tell people I caught coronavirus at a festival for a old movie with Jimmy Stewart in it that most people <laughs> don't like because they watch it once a year and they're done with it, and I watch it 14 times a year and I only want more. <laughs> And yeah, that's my tirade of the Thank week. You for that. So, uh, what's that show you didn't watch this week that Laura Dern was in? Uh, don't. Uh, not like... Oh, by the way, what I learned from Dern: don't fuck your gym teacher. Pretty simple. Or, I, but if wear you a want condom, to. I guess, or don't get fuck one your gym with a teacher unless you game. should. I mean, hey. I'm appealing. I'm the, like reminded of one of my favorite. I'm reminded of Dan, when I fucked a gym teacher. Dan Savage lines. Ah, yes. Um. Divorce is always wrong, unless, or cheating is always wrong, unless it isn't. <laughs> and it does feel, it's like, yeah, it kind of is a good philosophy. Well, I never fucked a ten, so. Right? Well. <sighs> um, Shannon. So, let's talk about this little number. Shannon sounds like the name they didn't choose instead of Rihanna. Rihanna, when they made that song. Of course, Shame. they being Fleetwood Mac. Anyway. Yeah, it, it is one, maybe one of the more exciting things about that beautiful song is that they got Rihanna as the name to, to really fit. Wouldn't have been the same with Barbara. Oh. Oh. Actually, Barbara would fit better. What's that song? It's like, Lady. 
It's well, called Lamy. That you could do it. You could. Um, I was gonna say Super Tramp. I wasn't sure. Um, that one you could definitely do with Ball a bunch Park. of names like Brandy or like Brady. Or yeah, the third syllable. Felicia, when I'm with you, I'm smiling. <laughs> I mean, you can really do any name. That's why don't they could sell a cassette on late night TV, where it's the whole regular album, but they change it to be your lady's name, and then you play, and and she doesn't even notice because that song is forty years old right now. But <laughs> and then you go back, you're like, "Babe, you're that's your name in it." I spent forty bucks on this. Three installments. <laughs> um. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. All right, I'm gonna talk about Shannon. Yes. Um, not Rhiannon. But if you got any more of those you want to do, no, that was pretty good. That was a good bit. Um, that's going on the classic record. So I'm gonna read you the plot summary. This was a show, a short-lived show from only 1981, one season. Uh, that Laura Dern was in for what I believe one episode, and you can't find this show anywhere. Here's what we got. Jack Shannon is a New York cop and a single father. He decides to move to San Francisco so that his late wife's parents can help him take care of his son. Alright, so there's some stakes. I enjoyed, like, was it a serious show? Because I'm imagining a comedy, which I'm sure it is. We'll do, we'll get through this paragraph, because this is all I know. Mm -hmm. It's the only information I have. Um, But I'm intrigued. So, he calls in a few favors to get a job with the local police. His new boss doesn't welcome him warmly, because he doesn't like the fact that Shannon got a job that could go to someone local, and that he pulled some strings to get his job. Okay. Alright, yeah, if this is like a tough movie, and Jack Shannon, there's some crooked cops that he gets involved with, or something, he's got to bust him from the inside, I'm into it. But here's the last line of the plot summary. But the two of them learn to get along. Oh. So it seems you're, it was in fact a comedy, which lighthearted fare, which sounds terrible. And uh, Dern, I would have loved to see. I would love someday to get my hands on that. Listeners, if you can happen to find the, the pilot episode, probably the easiest one to find, of 1981's Shannon... Um, I'd be very interested, but I'm pretty sure it's like a boring vanilla cop kind of just whatever movie. Hmm. I am sorry I have not been commentating. I'm trying to look at what we're watching next week so we can talk about it. Let's, I'm not sure how to find that. Yeah, I can't stretch out too much more on this No, I understand that you uh, didn't do your job, the job I pay you to do. (laughs) Dance, monkey, dance! You're the short man. You gotta do your part. You might be the short man, but you gotta hold the heavy end of this stick. Yeah, we know the drill. I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the teller. No shit. I'm, yeah, I'm the teller. You're the pen. You doofy libertarian a son, a, fuck. Let me start with the fact that I am Pendulette, and I thank you for acknowledging that. Um, I don't think you're teller. I don't think you could do it. You, you could not be that silent. You'd eventually crack. Although I, I more I, more of a Kevin Smith, perhaps just one one. You Smith are Kevin. Just... If you were fat, you'd be Kevin. He's not fat though anymore. Oh, you God. are. Imagine you. That's the imagine you fat. Okay, those, pants, those like long, big shorts. 
Listeners, I want you to know that this persona is not, in fact, who I am in real life. You're actually an asshole. You're really fat. Nobody knows that Max is super fat in real life. Kevin Smith, I want no part of it. And then you're going to have a heart attack at a live show and change your life. Is that what happened? Yeah, he had a heart attack at a comedy show. Like, he had it during his first set, but he was like, he ignored it, and then he got off, and he's like, I need to go to a hospital. And he released that set, like a video of it. I think wow. it was called the Heart Attack Special or something like that. And that's a baller move. That is a baller move. And then he like now he's vegan. He lost a bunch of weight and he's super healthy. Oh. I think he's like a Weight Watchers ambassador now because like he used it in cool. his. I hope he's journey. happy. I mean, he seems really happy. He's making another Tusk movie, so he must be fucking overjoyed. <laughs> um. But yeah, Max is fat, and if that's all you learned from this episode. So be it. Was there something we were actually talking about? I don't remember. Shannon. But the, nah, whatever. You yeah. Know. Doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. You can call it. Uh, you're Penn. I'm, no, I'm Penn. You're Teller. Oh, next week. You're all watching right. a movie. A big boy movie all the way. You're going to find it, too. i this on my whiteboard. Oh, yes. We're surrounded by whiteboards right now because Max lives in a rubber room. <laughs> <laughs> Max is a certified so you're like, a taste, you can read one with five words <laughs> I, no can, context. I can read five words um, your hospital should not be your enemy something a mental patient would never write <laughs> that's a good one uh, I saw it's it and I was like I don't have too many okay so one. you're watching the 2010 drama comedy everything must go Starring Will Ferrell, um, which is interesting because she is apparent. She was working on a Will Ferrell film before all this happened. I can't imagine they're gonna finish it anytime soon. Um, it is based on a Raymond Carver short story. It is about a. F- it's basically him playing Willie Blowman. I've seen that. Oh, I've never seen. I might have actually. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to watch it again. I might watch it and too because. I think cause... I might. Um, I take. I definitely want to entertain, and I'll see if it bears out. Mm-hmm. I remember this film. Um, is that I don't like Will Ferrell. I, yeah. He is definitely, um, uh, what's the word? He's something, isn't he? He's, he's one note, and this is his other note, right? So this might be totally different. I think he's... Well, this is interesting. Our outro music is playing early for some reason, and I don't know why. If you're all hearing, oh, because I never paused that earlier. Oh my god, I thought I was just stroking out there. I thought you were just playing me off. (laughs) Play me off, John. Um, Wow, that was interesting, though. Um, So what were you saying? Remember that moment of pure fear. That's going to (laughs) be... I'm going to use that one day in a movie. Something new was created that day. Oh my god, I... I just saw I just saw God, I guess. I don't even know. That's exactly what DMT feels like. <laughs> just su- it's like that TMX thing that's su- that sound on <laughs> the movies, but it just happens and only you hear it. Oh my god. If I wasn't stressed before that, I oh, am yeah. now. Shoulders all the way at my ears. Nick Nick is what I like to call a twitch at the moment. <laughs> oh wow. Never been more sober in my life than that moment. Um, anyway, well, I'm, let me just get a little Will Ferrell. Oh, Will Ferrell, that's quick. what we were talking about. Um, I've been, one thing I've been doing with my time is just random SNL Sending death YouTube. threats to Will Ferrell. <laughs> it's just watching SNL clips on YouTube, and I've, I get a, a broad array from the last 
30 years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I realized Will Ferrell has one character. And it's like a loud, angry guy who like is reasonable and then turns on loud and angry. And he's like a loud, angry dad. He's a loud, angry boss. Um, and it's the same fucking thing every time. Yeah. And it's kind of whatever. I mean, hey, sometimes he plays a lame dad I hate in to... movies now. Does he? He's like aging into that lame dad. Yeah. And then he, he also was in that certain time frame where he played like, like, um, like wash up characters. Because he was like, just looked like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like um, like you know every character he's playing. Right, sent the ma the meatloaf. Exactly that one. What incredible. And then on the other hand, you got a uh, Ray Romano who just says ma ma. <laughs> We're not doing the Ray ma! Romano. Me and Mike <laughs> still do that in our house. We started doing that on a beach trip. We would Ray Romano yell ma to each other in public. You know, like idiots. And now we still do it. <laughs> I found out what I'm watching is actually really cool. It's called Beastie Boys Fight for Your Right Revised. And it's about the Beastie Boys breaking into a liquor store and dropping acid with groupies. And then they, like, they get into a breakdance competition with time-traveling future versions of themselves. One of these future versions is played by um, Danny McBride. I'm really excited to see this. It sounds super cool. And Laura Dern's in it. Also, Susan Sarandon plays their mother, I guess, because they're all brothers in this or something. Stanley Tucci's in it. Amazing, man. The Tucci. Love Tucci. Will Arnett. I'm I'm actually stellarly excited to see this. this is I be do good not want to see that movie. I really do. Because, it. I mean, Adam Yash was even still alive when that came out. He's probably in it. It sounds, it sounds like a strange it corporate... It does, doesn't it? It like, sounds like a cell phone commercial. I hope it, it does. Ooh, now I don't. I like hope it it's a much. cash grab. Please report <laughs> back that it is please. a shameless cash like, grab. Adidas, Adidas, <laughs> Adidas, Adidas. Oh my god. Um. Well, yeah. Cool. That was a roller coaster of a podcast, start to finish. It's gonna be uh, funny when I forget and just think everything must go is just one of my rants. <laughs> hey. L. Nope, no more. <laughs> wait, wait, no, I cannot be silent. Okay, a little postscript here. I forgot that I didn't mention a whole section of the movie. So um, when everything's just falling apart, this school is just in shambles, the gym teacher's fucking students left and right, the deposition went in, the whole case, the whole case is going down. Um, they come in and search lockers because of the very clear narc that I mentioned earlier. By the way, when they open his locker, it's full of drugs. And they look at him and they're like, care to explain? And I think at one point the principal's like, yeah, your narc is flunking. And it's just <laughs> such like a... The, Everybody the, knows. The, yeah, like everyone knows. I don't know if the principal is technically in on it or if he's not allowed to be because like you don't want the principal to know who the narc is or something. But like, it's just so like, ugh, if you're a fucking cop, you put in my school. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a principal with ulcers. Um, and then the gun in the briefcase I mentioned earlier is noted as being stolen, like, right before this happens. Like, the teacher is checking in her, in the teacher room in her bag, and it's gone, and she's like, 
uh-oh. And one of the other two just is like, something wrong? And she's like, no, I, I'm not missing a gun. <laughs> and um, then Crispin Glover has it because he wants to protect himself from the bullies that are roughing him up. And then he's holding it, and the cops are like, freeze! And he's like, I'm Crispin Glover. And then they shoot him two times, and he dies, which seems like it would be a bigger tragedy, but then the story pretty much just picks up nah, from there. I mean, Ralph Macchio is definitely like, he was my friend, I could have protected him, blah, blah, blah. But he was fucking but weird. And that's pretty much it. They glaze over the fact that Crispin Glover was shot unjustly, and in a time when people left and right are getting shot unjustly, you know, something to think about. Something to new on, chew on with the old brain teeth. I think this is a time where people are getting shot unjustly only in so far that every time in the history of this country has been a time yeah. where people were, I don't think we're getting especially more shot unjustly I guess. than any other point in time, or most yeah. other points in time. You know what, Max? You got points. And for the two people that are listening to this... You think we got two? Big shout Maybe. out. Maybe. You and me, baby. Hell yeah. You, me and Max, and like you, you listening right now with your ears. <laughs> Getting real, real close in on the ears now, aren't we? Hey there, buddy. How's it feel? We're inside of you right now. L- little lice in your ears just talking to I you. I can't do it. You can't, you I can't don't do this. Be someone's ear <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna stop this now. See you later. Bye. Love you, Dern.